and welcome back to Unclassical. Hello, everybody. I am Marsha. And I'm Katie. And do you remember where we left things last week, oh, Katie? Shit. I'll tell you. The last thing on the notes here is I have, and they found fingerprints on the handle of the knife. Also, did I, I mean, we spoke about this when we finished recording last week, but I don't think um, I said during the episode. There was, like, no actual Poirot in last week's episode. No, yeah, it's no all just Poirot. a fucking murder. But anyway, hopefully like, there'll be some Poirot this week. I guess they have to stop. Like, that is the title I guess the of murder the film. does have to happen. Films, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there is a film version. Hmm. So, yeah, um, the doctor's, like, been examining the body and shit, and the inspector's been like, I can see fingerprints on the handle of the knife. Of the knife. Of the knife. What's been Stabbins's? <laughs> Stabbins's comes in. And what was the weapon they used? A knife. A knife. That, oh. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> so the inspector starts asking around, like, um, has anyone uh, been touching this uh, um, dagger? Has anyone seen it before? And Raymond's like um, the, the secretary. Yeah. Uh, the sexy secretary. The sex secretary, if you will. Secretary. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's one of the curios um, that was given to Roger by uh, Mr. Blunt from Morocco. Ironically. Mm. That's so blunt. That's so blunt. And so the inspectors then like to blunt like, oh, when you came in and you saw the body, did you recognise it? And Blunt was like, yes, straight away. <laughs> Why are you so weird? Like, I was a bit preoccupied by the blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's the dagger. I was a bit preoccupied by the blood. By my dead mate. Yeah. And he's like, Yes, I knew it was the knife, uh, the dagger I gave him straight away. And the inspector's like, well, why didn't you fucking say anything earlier? Yeah. And Blunt, oh shit, I've got to find my page now. <laughs> Whenever I've got quotes, it always catches me on the words, my friend. And Blunt says, wrong moment, said Blunt. Lots of harm done by blurting things out at the wrong time. Why are you so weird and cryptic? Why are you so suspicious? Yeah. <laughs> wrong moment. Sorry, is, the, is there a right moment to say when you know <laughs> what the what murder weapon is? <laughs> to be is? fair, is there a right moment to be like, that knife in that person wants to be murdered? That's mine. <laughs> I gave that to you. That was a lovely holiday. You can urinate handle. You can urinate, right? Come by those. Um, so the inspector asks uh, where the dagger is normally kept, and Raymond is like, oh, it's normally in the silver display table. Dun, and, dun, dun. and the one we heard being snapped shut up. Yeah. And the doctor is like, uh, ma, god. Oh, a man, a god. I totally heard that table being shut earlier, and then Mrs. Russell came yeeting out of there with her Benny. Yeah, exactly. So they bring her in for questioning. Uh, Mrs. Russell, what the fuck are you being up to? I'm gonna have a sip of wine. This is a plonk cast, everyone. There is a wine involved. Should we like drink every time there's a moment? A moment. <laughs> like an emotional one. Oh, uh, well, they are going to ask Mrs. Russell. She's been through a hard time of it. Drink, everyone. Drink for Miss Russell. I keep saying Miss and Mrs. No, but like a drinking game. But you know the book better, so I like to think of what's like <laughs> Whenever someone's suspicious. Ah, we're going to get a book. <laughs> we are going to need that second bottle. Anyway, yeah. um, <clears throat> this is Miss Russell talking. I don't think I went anywhere near the silver table, she said when the inspector... Liar! Liar! When the inspector had posed his question. I was looking to see all the flowers were fresh. Oh yes, I remember now. The silver table was open, which it had no business to be, and I shut the lid down as I passed. She looked at him aggressively. Now, I know this is a podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> also, like, honey, are you being inspected for a potential murder? Yeah. Don't be looking at people aggressively. Yeah, simmer down, simmer down. Simmer down. And I don't like telling women to simmer down, but, you know, this is for your own, like, uh, preservation. Simmer yeah. Down. Simmer down. <laughs> uh, so can you imagine at the moment, sort of like, um, what do you think you're doing? 
Well, I'm preparing everything for tomorrow, I suppose. I suppose technically she's off tomorrow. Her master's dead. No, there's still loads of people living in the house. She's still like serving up lunch every day. Oh, okay. I was going to yeah. say she's busy, but like prepping tomorrow's lamb. They're like, can mm. you come for questions? She's like, busy. I just realised something. Yeah. Now I've finished the book. And maybe they were holding on to that body for examining, but I don't think they were. There's no fucking mention of his funeral. Savage. Savage. Um, <laughs> should we do something with the body? Yeah, just heat him in the canal. Yeah, mind. Heat him off. Um, so, yeah, she looks at him aggressively. I see, said the inspector. Can you tell me if this dagger was in its place then? Miss Russell looked at the weapon, weapon composedly. I can't say I'm sure, she replied. I didn't stop to look in. that The family um, would be down any minute and I wanted to get away. Thank you, said the inspector. There was just a trace of hesitation in his manner, mm. as though he would have liked to have questioned her further. But Miss Russell clearly accepted the words as a dismissal and glided from the room. <laughs> so she can't be doing any murderings. She's a ghost. How she meant to hold exactly. solid up? <laughs> exactly, exactly. How'd she close the cabin over Yeah, there? literally. So Inspector Davis then goes to take the dagger, saying he'll be back in the morning with the Chief Constable Colonel Melrose. Uh. So I was reading some notes the other day and I was like, I cannot remember for the life of me who the fuck this Colonel Melrose is. Well, that's who he is. He's the chief constable. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why he's getting involved. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's who he is. And the drawing room where the silver table is, it should remain locked until then and possibly the study or the study. Either way. Uh, then the well, surely the entire house is a bit of a crime scene because, you know, yes, he was murdered in the drawing room wherever it was. Mm. But he could have snuck in through the upstairs landing. Yeah. So surely the entire house is a crime scene. So everybody and there's other bits out. they go into other bits of the house later in the book looking for evidence. And like, aha! I'm like, it's been like a fucking week. <laughs> and like, also, like, you couldn't check that as well. Like, say it was the butler and it's like, oh, well, you can all continue to live in the house, but just mm. don't go into the drawing room. It's like, I'll probably just go clear my tracks up there, won't yeah, I? Yeah, literally, like, well, seeing as I am a murderer, I don't think I'm that trustable, am I, Constable? Yeah, like, I, pro I probably just will break those rules. Yeah, that's fine. So, then the inspector is trying to get Parker, the, the butler, to handle a small pocket diary. I am like, Parker, you should have been a driver! So, basically, the inspector's trying to get Parker's fingerprints, but, like, subtly. Um, but I just, like, sorry. Would you how do you subtly get someone's fingerprints? Like, would you have a look at this tiny little pocket diary I have here? Touch it, would you? So, oh, he's still mentioning it. It's a very nice pocket diary. It's very nice. It's very nice. I like the goldfish. <laughs> as do I, as do I, Parker. But please finger the pages a bit more. Thumb oh. them, thumb them and see if you like the, the flick of the page. No, sorry. I, um, I drew a flip con in my kid there. Yeah. Please. Do you think it's any good? <laughs> I want to get some opinions before I show the people down at the station. <laughs> well, it's funny though. I thought you got a beautiful art <laughs> I like the twist at the end. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> You're very talented. Thank you. Thank you. So whilst this is going on, Raymond points out to the doctor like how fucking subtle this is. Well subtle. And um, it's just like pissing. What mystery? You're being Rightfully subtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and he's I'm a secretary. And he says um, they should do the same to like give the inspector their fingerprints as well. And so they pick up kind of like business card things they have from a bowl and nice. you get more like imprint their fingers on them. And Raymond gives them happily to the inspector, declaring their souvenirs and blunts will be along in the morning. Um, Why so weird? Raymond is just like, they're always just like, oh, he's so young and so happy because he's young. No, like, because he's getting laid every night. <laughs> 
Okay. And um, so the doctor notices that Raymond is buzzing. Oh, this is what I was just mm. saying. Youth is very buoyant. Even the brutal murder of his friend and employer could not dim Geoffrey Raymond's spirits for long. Perhaps this is as it should be. I do not know. I have lost the quality of resilience long since myself. <laughs> no, surely, like, what is this police guns from being like, he seems very happy. Oh, well, he is young. It's like, no, that's suspicious. Yeah. Don't be, uh, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Drink. So the doctor returns home, hoping Caroline has gone to bed. But uh, no, she's uh, up to get the goss, of course, because this is Caroline. Yeah. Um, so, um... She's got cocoa ready for him, but nice. it's the doctor's turn to bring the tea. <laughs> he tells her about the murder, but doesn't say anything about the blackmail part of it. You remember the blackmail? Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone else uh, who might not remember? So, Ackroyd's ex, Mrs. Farrars, she's been being blackmailed, and that's why she killed herself. And in the letter she sent to Ackroyd, she told her him who the blackmailer was, and supposedly that's who's killed him. But that letter is now missing since mm-hmm. they found Ackroyd's dead body. Yeah, exactly. I realised how, so, how it would have been actually more helpful if I'd been like, no, remind me, Marshall. I was just so proud that I was like, yes. I do. However, <laughs> for everybody else. <laughs> Quick little sum up. So, the doctor stands um, up to go to bed, and announcing that the inspector suspects that it's Parker and it's actually the inspector suspects the, the inspector suspects it's Parker and it's actually a pretty clear case against him and Caroline is like bollocks or fiddlesticks um, bollocks <laughs> um, it's Ob's not Parker and that inspector is a right div if he thinks that and they retire to bed on, uh, and on that note good night <laughs> Caroline please who do you think yeah exactly I'd like I'll save that for tomorrow <laughs> yeah, I'll save that for the morning too so I was like look I gotta go out do my paper round and then I'll, then I'll configurate my mm-hmm. ideas and come back to you with a solid solid thesis I was like, witness alibi <laughs> what do you need an alibi caroline mm, suspicious drinky drink um the next morning caroline announces flora is here and is very anxious to see the doctor indeed so roger Ackroyd's niece Ooh. Whoa. so caroline I, don't, I didn't try to do an accent then, that was just me. Caroline, Caroline. Uh, leads her through and the doctor um, gets the impression that Flora actually wanted to talk to him alone but it's too awkward yeah. to ask Caroline to leave now. No, it, is, <laughs> no, it isn't like, what's well, a doctor's appointment? It's, ooh, it's actually outside of his surgery hours. But anyway, but still, it's Flora's bike. Oh, I'm going to get my funny out. Anyway, um, Flora wants the doctor to accompany her next door to see the funny little man. And Shepard says... Um, uh, yeah, the, the hairdresser? <laughs> and Flora's like, no, silly man. We established he's a chef. He's a chef, thank you very much. I just really need to comfort eat right now. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Sort of profession profession might have a moustache. <laughs> chef? <laughs> no, I asked uh, my housemate the other yeah. day, and I was like, what would you think? And she was like, a barber? I was like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, a chef. Yeah, a chef. It seems a chefy thing. Although, really, a chef probably shouldn't have no hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Flora is like, "What the fuck?" He's Hercule Poirot. Uh, he's a very famous detective. And the Doctor is like, um, "Oh, um, actually, yeah, I have vaguely heard of him." Um, yeah. But um, no, I wouldn't bring him into this. Hinting. Why not? Well, he's sort of like hinting, like it's Probs Ralph. Like that's the other like theory. But the police seem to be going with Parker. Don't pull at this thread because we don't want Ralph to go down for this. Sorry, whose side are you on, Shepard? Uh, Ralph's. <laughs> so. uh, well, uh, seeing as he's now defending Ralph, uh, yeah. Ralph's. I think, I think Ralph. <laughs> Sorry, just going back to the chef and moustache mm. thing quickly. Mm. Do you know why I thought she was chef? Because it's Sesame Street. Well, yeah, mm. 100%. Also, uh, Mr. Pringles. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the Colonel. I was going to say KFC. Yeah, there are a lot of see. Chefs. Completely justified. Justified. Thank you justified. very much. So um, Flora is like. Um, no, I know Ralph better than anyone, and I know he's not a murderer. And the new do you know? Do you know? And this new detective has shown up at Fernley from Cranchester, nonetheless. And he's called Inspector Raglan, and he obviously suspects Ralph now. Um, so Flora's got the wind up her, and she's looking for the truth. Yeah, she does. And the, again, the doctor is like, "Is it the truth that we want?" Yeah. Doctor, fucking ethics. Like, even yeah. if it's, it is Ralph, you're like, sure you need to find out there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah. And also, she's like, I want to marry this murderer. Like, yes. it's, just, it's, probably guy. it's probably not a good idea. Like, no, exactly. It? And Caroline is like, it can't be Ralph. He has lovely manners. To be fair, why is that literally every old book we read? Yeah, it also, like, like, there can't Bundy. be anyone naughty. Nice man. Nice and very fit. Very <laughs> so, um, Caro is really keen to go with Caroline. Is really queen. It's sorry, what? just on Ted Bundy. Have you seen that thing? Or someone was like, my dad worked with Ted Bundy, mm. and uh, every Friday he'd say, "See you Monday, Bundy," yeah. and he did not get murdered. He did not. He did not. <laughs> and I wonder how many times Bundy thought about it. Like, I'm gonna kill that Monday, Bundy, 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 stabbing his face. Um, <laughs> uh, so Caroline is really keen to go with them tomorrow, but Flora is like, um, um, I just want the doctor to come because um, he's a doctor and he examined the body and he can sort of inform Poirot of like, you know, where we're at from a medical perspective. So, um, no. Mm, <laughs> and Caroline's, Caroline's like, for like, fuck's sake. Fuck you, Literally. Flora. So off to Poirot. So Flora, they go uh, around They there. live next door. Just go mm. listen through the ferns. Yeah, 100. I mean... I'm sure she is. <laughs> well, I think they're in the ha- in the house. But anyway, as if she hasn't got it wired by now. This is Caroline. I mean, she'd be mates off. with his servants, although she couldn't find anything out about Poirot. Yeah. Yet. So Flora is like, I want the truth to Poirot, and Poirot is like, would the uh, uh, Frenchman who is from Belgium, so a little bit uh, lower but in the mouth, okay? Uh, would <laughs> the uh, local police find that for you? And Flora's like, um, they might make a mistake. And Poirot says that if he takes the case on, he will not drop it until it's solved and the entire truth is revealed. And when all is done, Flora may wish that uh, she had left it to the local police. Mm. Why are you all just trying to cover for this rich white brow? Well, to be fair, realistic, isn't it? Um, So Flora affirms that she wants the whole truth. So Poirot accepts. Would you rather not just marry the murdering Mm. man and just... Like, no, you might fucking kill me! Would you rather not just marry him and, you know, let him sweep you under the rug as well? Literally. 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 You know what you would like, Flora. No. And then he'll move on to your secret sister, Flora. <laughs> we don't talk about fun. Uh, I said, no. did you want the full truth? <laughs> I do the full truth. I don't mm. know how fast. No, 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 no. We are talking about fun. <laughs> so, the doctor starts to catch him up on the events of yesterday. And the pro uh, the pro the pro pro- reveals that he knows that the doctor went to the three boars again last night Ooh. after all the murder shit. Although um, it's just kind of like said as though as it is known. I'm like it's not fucking known, but anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, the doctor says uh, that hardly anyone knew that Ralph was in the village, so he went to go tell him about his uncle's death. And um, yes, the book says uncle even though it's his stepfather. And this is like the only time in the book they refer to him as uncle. I'm like, is it a typo? Weird. <laughs> um, but I can't remember who it was, but I was talking to someone else about an old book and they said they kept calling someone stepfather uncle. And I was like, maybe it's a fucking thing. I don't know, mm. like how like, you know, your parents, friends, or your aunties and uncles. Yeah, but, maybe. But whatever. Um, and Poirot is like, uh, was that your only motive? 
And uh, you didn't go there to uh, uh, perhaps reassure yourself of Ralph's uninvolvement. And you went there for a stiff brandy. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor's like, nah, mate, don't give a shit. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and Poirot. And why do you say the Poirot? It's because he keeps saying the doctor. And, and Poirot. <laughs> sorry, they should solve crimes. The doctor and the Poirot. And the Poirot. The doctor and the Poirot. Poirot. One is a genius. <laughs> the, the other's in brains. brains. <laughs> so Poirot says that the fact that no one can find Ralph now it doesn't look good. He's sleeping off a hangover. Yeah, like <laughs> so Poirot tells Flora that she should go home and that he and the doctor will go have a chat with the local police. Uh, the new inspector, Inspector Raglan, um, is kind of like, easy case, uh, it's completely done with, no need for outside help, and he's very much like, the fact that people even thought it was Parker to begin with is embarrassing with all the evidence against Ralph. Um, to be fair. And the, uh, the initial um, Inspector Davis is just like, we're just doing our best. <laughs> We're just trying to help. <laughs> so sort of... I think it was Davis. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Or what's his name? Randall? Raglan. Raglan. The new inspector. Raglan. Mm. So they start talking about the fingerprints on the hilt of the knife, and the inspector says they're not Parker's, or the doctor's, or Raymond's, lol. He's like, thanks for your fingerprints. Um, and Poirot says, uh, could they be uh, Ralph Patton's? Actually, at this point, uh, Raglan hasn't revealed that the new suspect is Ralph Patton. So when uh, Poirot's like, and uh, Ralph Patton? Um, they're like, all right, all right, there's no dust on you, is there, Poirot? All right, you, you've caught my attention. All oh, right, Poirot. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they're all a little in, in, uh, impressed. And they don't have a sample of Ralph's fingerprints, so they can't say for sure if they're Ralph's. And so Poirot wants to know... It's like trying to picture all the times you've seen him, how how do you stuff like... <laughs> yeah. It looks like mm, it's like copious. I think. I mean, you must have stuff at the house. I'm like, and then even if it's a match, you're like, there is an error for margin that could be someone else's, but it's Ralph's thing. It's in the house. I mean, it's pretty good odds in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, what... at least then you'd have an idea. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Pyra wants to know what other evidence the police. And also, have... you have other people from the houses, like you have the butlers, who's probably the only yeah, other yeah, person so... to have touched his stuff. Yeah, Very exactly. Easy. So yeah, you could like eliminate a floor as well. Yeah. So yeah, if, it's just like be working a little harder everybody come on guys come on so um yeah Poirot wants to know what other evidence the police have on Ralph and uh, now we find out there were footmarks on the windowsill <gasps> and in the room so <coughs> can you stop burping you're disgusting <laughs> uh, this is the um, inspector talking about the other evidence they have on Ralph he went out just on nine o'clock last night we've seen in the neighborhood of Fernley Park somewhere about 9 30 not been seen since believed to be in serious money difficulties I've got a pair of his shoes here, shoes with rubber studs in them. Mm. He had two pairs, almost exactly alike. I'm going up now to compare them with those footmarks. The constable is up there now, seeing that no one tempers with them. Ooh. Tempers. <laughs> Not tempers. Temper like... Fucking footmarks. Or temper them like chocolate. Yeah. And heat it. Cool it. Heat it. Cool, cool it. it. It's going to have such a glorious snap. <laughs> so it doesn't look good, Ralph. And Poirot says um, that he and the doctor will go to Fernley too uh, to investigate the scene. So Poirot says, uh, when he comes into the room, because he's seen the, um, the shoes at the station, he's like, yeah, those rubber marks on the windowsill, they do match the shoes. Oh, Yee! so special. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> yeah, Poirot's like, and he only wore that style of shoe, not a chance he could have worn a different pair. And uh, they're like, nope, he only had those shoes because he has like a particular thing. Like, yes, these are my shoes. These are the ones that I wear. They're the only two I had with me. And this is why you should not have defining habits. Just yeah. ever, because like, I don't know if they were like Katie only ever used that brand of toothpaste. 
Oh, fuck, that is me. No, sometimes Sensodyne is expensive, but I do buy knockoff ones, but I do prefer Sensodyne. I like Sensodyne too. Yeah. But yeah, also, like, just, just be... Unpredictable. Be and so, you know, it's sort of like, oh, well, you're clearly wearing your cheap Primark trainers. Like, and so is everyone so else. everyone. Fucking prove that they're yeah. rain. Yeah, fuck, fucking jog on. You're going to have a rough time. You've got big old feet. Yeah. Well, we know they are no one else's. <laughs> and Marcia's fucking compers. <laughs> so Poirot starts asking the doctor about certain details of the room and, like, asking, was there a fire in the grate when they came in? And the doctor's like, um, to be fair, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you should ask Blunt or Raymond because they came into the room next. Yeah. Uh, but Tip the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Tip the tongue, the teeth, the lips. But Poirot responds thus. One must always proceed with a method. I made an error of judgment in asking you that question. To each man his own knowledge. You could tell me the details of the patient's appearance. Nothing there would escape you. If I wanted information about the papers on that desk, Mr. Raymond would have noticed anything there was there to see. To find out about the fire, I must ask the man whose business it is to observe such things. You permit? He moved swiftly to the fireplace and rang the bell. After a lapse of a minute or two, Parker appeared. The, the bell rang, sir. <laughs> bell rang, sir. He said, he, he said hesitatingly. Um, Come in, Parker, said Colonel Melrose, the chief person. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman wants to ask you something. Parker transferred a respectful attention to Poirot. Parker, said the little man, when you broke down the door with Dr. Shepard last night and found your master dead, what was the state of the fire? Parker replied without a pause. It burned very low, sir. It was almost out. Ah! I looked in awful. Punch that fire, get going again. (laughs) I'm Phil Mitchell Parker. I'm Phil Mitchell Parker. Ain't no fire, got the best of me. Ain't no fire. Ain't no (laughs) fire. And someone left the window open. Had a draft. (laughs) And then I noticed a dead body and thought, I probably won't feel the cold. (laughs) Bit late for that. Bit late, bit late. Ah! Said Poirot. The exclamation sounded almost triumphant. He went on. Yes, I did triumphant in a French accent. I got confused. Triumphant. Triumphant. Um, He went on. Look around you, Parker, my good man. Is this room exactly as it was then? The butler's eyes swept round. It came to rest on the windows. The the curtains were drawn, sir, and the electric light was on. Poirot nodded approval. Anything else? Yes, sir. The chair was drawn out a little more. He indicated a big grandfather chair to the left of the door, between it and the window. I append a plan of the room with the chair in question marked X. Um, okay, so there is another little plan of the room. Mm. So this is the chair they're talking about. Can you see a fucking X? The answer's no, there is no X. Um, the doctor who did the plan's a fucking liar. He is a liar. Um, I have one other question for Parker as well. Yeah. Parker, is there anything else you could, yeah, that has changed about this room? Oh yeah, yes, there was a fucking dead body. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they've done with Roger and there's been no mention of a funeral. <laughs> I don't know where he's gone, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well done, Parker. You are very useful. Like, what have you done with the body? Well, I should put him out for the pigs. No one yeah. seemed to want him. Yeah, exactly. No, same, no fuss. Same nasty. Oh, yeah. so the carpet got away. <laughs> Lovely pile on it. So this chair has been moved. But why? And Poirot asks... Maybe for the body, isn't it? <laughs> Poirot asks Parker to show him how the chair was originally. I'll get my fingerprints all over it again. <laughs> the butler drew the chair out in question with a good two feet from the wall, turning it so that the seat faced the door. Voilà ce qui est curieux. Um, wow, that's curious, murmured Poirot. 
Did he translate it for himself as well before he muttered it? <laughs> he did not actually. That was a my little bit of friendship. That was you guys. that was just, that was just for you. That was just you guys. No one would want to sit in a chair in such a position. I fancy. Now who pushed it back into place again? I wonder. Did you, my friend? No, sir," said Parker. "I was too upset with seeing the master and all." <laughs> Praro looked across at me. "Did you, doctor?" I shook my head. "It was back in position when I arrived with the police, sir." Put in Parker. "I'm sure of that." "Furious," said Praro again. "Raymond or Blunt must have pushed it back," I suggested. "Surely it isn't important." "It is completely unimportant," said <laughs> Praro. "That is why it is so interesting," he added softly. Sorry. "That is why it is so interesting." <laughs> This is the best. Uh, so, ooh. Parker leaves and the doctor asks Poirot if he thinks uh, that Parker is telling the truth. And Poirot says all cases like this share one thing in common. Everyone concerned in them has something to hide. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, That's a great line. Everyone has something to hide. Have I? I asked, smiling. Poirot looked at me attentively. Yes. I think you have, he said quietly. But have you told me everything known to you about this young man, Paton? He smiled as I grew wet. I love him. <laughs> oh, I do not fear. Uh, do not fear. I will not press you. I shall learn it in good time. Ah, I will not ask you. I will know soon enough. <laughs> yeah, literally. Which that shall I help? Um, I wish you'd tell me something of your methods, I said hastily to cover my confusion. And the point about the fire, for instance. Oh, that was very simple. You leave Mr. Ackwood at ten minutes to nine, was it not? Yes, exactly, I should say. The window is then closed and bolted and the door unlocked. <laughs> At a quarter past ten, when the body is discovered, the door is locked and the window is open. Who opened it? Clearly only Mr. Ackwood himself could have done so. And for one of two reasons. Either because the room became unbearably hot, but since the fire was nearly out and there was a sharp drop in temperature last night, that cannot be the reason. You don't know that. He could have hot flushes. Exactly. Or because he admitted someone that way. And if he admitted someone that way, it must have been someone well known to him, since he had previously shown himself uneasy on the subject of that same window. Sounds very simple, I said. Everything is simple if you arrange the facts method methodically. 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 We are concerned now with the personality of the person who was with him at 9.30 last night. Everything goes to show that this was an individual admitted by the window and though Mr. Ackroyd was seen alive later by Miss Flora, we cannot approach a solution of the mystery until we know who that visitor was. Can I just say, yeah. if it turns out that it was Flora and no one suspects her because she's a woman, I'm going to be pissed off. Mm -hmm. The window that may have been left open after his departure and so afforded entrance to the murderer or the same person may have entered a second time. Ah, here is the Colonel who returns. Colonel Melrose entered it in, in an animated manner. Mm. That telephone call that has been traced from last night, it didn't come from here. It was put through to Dr. Shepherd at 10.15 last night from a public call office at King Abbott Station at 10.23. The night mail leaves for Liverpool. So they think Ralph probably put the call through, uh, pretending to be Parker, Phil, yeah. <laughs> Mitchell, um, and then scarpered on the 10.23 to Liverpool. Ooh. And that's why no one can find him. Ooh. That's a plot doff. So weirdly though, even um, though King Abbott is like this tiny little village where nothing happens, apparently like their station is weirdly like a happening place that kind of night. And like 
three different trains that get in around the same time and like everyone's transferring to the Liverpool train. So the chances of like them seeing one person using a, the phone box around that time is yeah. really like slim. So they're just like, well, you know, you can't get any information on that. But um, weird. Weird. <laughs> How suspicious. Oh, this is where I've written. Okay, there's this weird Captain Melrose floating around. Spoiler, it's not him that does the murder. For some reason, he's just there. No idea who he is or where he's from. <laughs> anyway, um, he asks, why bother calling at all? We now know he's the chief inspector. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. Just, I don't know who this fucking is, but it's not him. It's not him. No, I just spoil it. It's not him. I don't know who he fucking is, but he just keeps adding stuff to the conversation. <laughs> Apparently, he's important, chief inspector. Oh, why fucking say so? <laughs> Captain Melrose all the time. Did you ever find that though with books? You know, like, look, sometimes when you have a, when you introduce a character on like page ten, yeah, and then we don't meet them again until yeah. like page seventeen. It's like, oh no, Stanley's arrived. Stanley, you know, from page ten. Like, <laughs> don't you think? Know. You think I read Pentage t- recently? <laughs> I'm a slow reader, mate. That was two months ago. Yeah. I don't know who Stanley is. <laughs> know so um yeah uh they they're like the uh, captain melrose is like why would you bother calling at all though and i'm like to cast suspicion on ralph with the timings yeah. or to frame someone else or to exonerate someone else Ooh. so obviously and yeah. Poirot is like be sure there is a reason and when we know that we shall know everything this case is very curious and interesting <laughs> I love that Poirot's just having the best time. Yeah, great detective work, Poirot. My favourite, yeah. Like, Don't worry about telling me all your secrets. I'll learn them shortly in love. I'll learn them soon enough. Uh, Poirot asks again what time the doctor saw the stranger and how long it would take for the stranger to get from the lodge gates to the window. Um, he saw the stranger at 9pm because he heard the um, clock chiming and the walk would either take him five minutes or two to three minutes if he cut across a different path. But to do that, Poirot points out that the stranger would have to have come here before and would have to know the way, but the stranger asked for directions so something isn't quite fucking adding up so they decide to go ask parker and raymond if Ackroyd had met had any meetings with new people in the last week so strangers um who would now know the way because they'd already visited the house and um when raymond comes to the office uh poirot's like um also do you know where this chair was moved (laughs) raymond is like no idea did someone destroy a clue too bad too bad (laughs) what a shame got it Get it. <laughs> so Raymond also says that no, there haven't been any strangers visiting that week. And um, Parker says there was a rep from a dictaphone company, but um, uh, Mr. Ackroyd didn't buy one in the end, and the rep doesn't match the description anyway. He was like well tall and blonde and shit. Yeah. Um, so it's that poor guy. Huh? Me? Me? Little um, tall blonde me? Oh no! Oh no! Not me! That's a tall and blonde. <laughs> Sorry, why is he? Um. We've just been watching Coven, American Ghost Story. Why is American he... Horror Story Coven? Wow. wow! That was all the right words. Figure it out. This is a detective story. Who do you think he is from that? Blonde guy. Who can't? He's been a mishmash. Oh, Kyle. That's his name. He's been in the mishmash. <laughs> he has been in a mishmash. I don't know if many people know American Horror Story anymore. So Katie's watching it like literally ten years late. <laughs> Yeah, was, I don't know why I never watched. I think it was always that kind of thing. It's like I was like, I can't really watch it on my own because what if it's? Like, I didn't know if it was mm. actually scary. Mm. I could watch Coven on my own. Yeah, Roanoke is actually a bit scary. Just check that out. Um, anyway, 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 yeah. Anyway, sorry. anyway. Um, so Parker's then like, uh, oh, the family, the family solicitors arrived. 
uh, Mr. Hammond, and he'd like to talk to you, Raymond. So Raymond trots off, Mr. Raymond. Um, Mr. Secretary. <laughs> and Poirot um, goes to have a chat about the silver table and the weapon uh, with the Doctor and uh, Colonel Melrose, I Betty suppose. Does. He's always there. And um, he's Murder? Ba- <laughs> no, apparently not. And they're just like chatting about the room and everything, and Poirot just basically says, nothing is connected, so everything is connected. <laughs> Sorry, why are you here, Poirot? Are you really helping? <laughs> I established the fire. I'd nearly gone out. <laughs> mm, suspicious. I established the room would have been chilling. <laughs> yes, in so Inspector Raglan then shows up and produces um, a paper to the Doctor and the Praro, and presumably Melrose, the Praro, um, showing the names of everyone in the house that night and their location at the supposed time of the murder. So it is actually a little bit interesting to sort of like get your sort of like there a little on bit it. on the night. Yeah, let me find. There's that. a bear in there now. Oh my god! I, I got, spoiler. I, I think it might be the bear. Spoiler. It's, it's probably. Oh that's, oh, that's just so human, isn't it? You <laughs> assume it's the bear because they're bears. <laughs> I have a question. Most bears are very nice and just eat honey and porridge. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Shall we top up the wine? All oh, right. Let's pause. We are back with wine. I, 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 oh, God. Very nice to stop. Um, I take it things are about to get suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there, there is some introduction of new characters, actually. Ooh, so, Does Fauna finally make an appearance? No, but there was another uh sound at Sorry, the end of the how funny would it be if I saw... Because obviously I don't know the story, but how funny would it be at the end? It was like, it was the secret twin all along! <laughs> Fauna! You I like, knew it! I fucking called it! I fucking called it! Um, I was about to say, like I did with Stranger Things, and give you a fucking <gasps> massive spoiler. Oh my god. Uh, I remember you... Um, Spoiler, spoiler alert for anyone who is for whatever fucking reason still watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm about to give you a massive spoiler. You have been warned. Mm. Unlike Marsha did for me. <laughs> when she was like, you know, when um, when Joffrey gets poisoned. What? When Joffrey gets poisoned. What? And I was like, you, Katie, listen, when he dies. I haven't seen that fire yet. This was oh. obviously years ago, but uh, it still hurts. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that's a, that's a, a bit of a pain for you. <laughs> If I wasn't driving, I guess you'd be pretty mad, huh? But, uh, luckily, I'm in charge of our lives right now. Yes, you can't hit me. <laughs> yeah, don't give me any spoilers. Anyone gives me Stranger Things spoilers. I'm watching it slowly, okay? Mm. I'm only on season episode two, so leave me alone. <laughs> leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Let me just watch it in I keep, I keep seeing like BuzzFeed articles being mm. like, things you didn't notice, like parallels between I don't know, season one and season four. And I'm like, don't mm. fuck with me, BuzzFeed! I would like to read that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You didn't notice that um that Elle's been styling her hair like Joyce. I didn't notice so that. That is cute. That is cute. Very cute. Anyway. Um, so uh, Major Blunt, he was in the billiard room with Mr. Is Raymond. He, I think I made the same joke last night last week, but is he really blunt? <laughs> yeah, you have made this joke made in this episode with the knife. Like with no. the Well I made that that was a different blunt joke. <laughs> like I have oh, I have one. I haven't even got to the weed yet. <laughs> I got a backlog here. <laughs> So, no, he was in the billiard room with Raymond. But was he high? <laughs> there we go. Um, and this has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Raymond was in the billiard room with him, hence they were both there. Mrs. Ackroyd at 9.45 was watching the billiard match and went up to bed at 9.55. Raymond and Blunt watched her go up the stairs. So Sorry, verified. Mrs. Ackroyd? Yeah, Flora's mummy. Okay, yeah. yes, this makes sense. I was like, ah, uh, Plot twist. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's dead. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, cool, Miss yeah. Ackroyd, Flora, yeah. went up from her uncle's room upstairs. Went 
went straight from her uncle's room upstairs after she saw him, confirmed by Parker, and also the housemaid, Elsie Dale, saw her. Oh, that's a cute name. I know, well, cute. I bet she has a cottage core account. Ah, oh, bet so, bet so. And um, she has an Etsy. <laughs> so now the servants, um, Parker went straight to the butler's pantry, confirmed really? by the housekeeper, Miss Russell, who came down to speak to him about something at 9.47 and remained at least 10 minutes. Miss Russell, above, spoke to the housemaid Elsie Dale upstairs at 9.45 and then saw Parker. Ursula Bourne, a parlour maid, in her own room until 9.55, then in the servants' hall. Mrs Cooper, the cook, in the servants' hall all that time. Gladys Jones, second housemaid, in the servants' hall all that time. Elsie Dale, upstairs in bedroom, seen there by Miss Russell and Miss Flora Ackroyd. Mary Thripp, the kitchen maid, was in the servants' hall the whole time. The cook has been here seven years, the parlour maid 18 months, and Parker just over a year. The others seem new, except for something fishy about Parker. They all seem quite alright. Poor so. Parker, he's just he's just Phil Mitchell, is it? He's just Phil Mitchell. So um the inspector also reveals that there's been a new piece of evidence. Um, I wish I'd done Raglan as Scottish. You know, I still can. That's um, <laughs> my story. I'll do what I'll I like. do. What I fuck, I want Raglan. Just sounds like you'd be Scottish and be like, "There's been a new piece of evidence." There's been a development <laughs> in the story. Mary Black, who lives at the edge of the lodge, saw an elf walking towards her house last Sorry, night. Is that your Scottish accent? Yeah, for Raglan. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I'll beat you. He started walking towards the house last night. Okay, shut up, I lost it. It's hard to have a lot of them. At 9.25, she was closing her curtains and she saw Ralph walking by. So again, he's been placed at the house. Mm. Suspicious. So Raglan is... Con- it's just Raglan. Um, it's go, on, con- go and do it again. No, you do it again. Raglan has been a development in the case. <laughs> what have you got? Oh, no, I was not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> anyway, um, so um, Raglan's convinced Ralph done it um, over his money troubles. That's his motive. So Poirot asks, why would Ralph make the call, though? Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Genuine challenge. Say Poirot in a Scottish accent. Poirot. Poirot. At the end of the day, Praro. At the end of the day, Praro. 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 No, don't do that, lads. Um, no, don't do that, lads. Um, uh, yeah, um, so Praro asks, why would um, Ralph make the call? And Raglan is just like, I don't know. Murderers are weird. <laughs> I don't know. Why did he kill his uncle? Well, yeah. we established that he has motive. Yeah, and he's not his uncle. Like, I don't know, we're just really going with this typo. I don't know. <laughs> Well, he's clearly not feeling that much of a da vibe to him. <laughs> or maybe he is. Um, oi, da. <laughs> Say hi to mum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he has to have done it now because the first time. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> they also um, now formally conclude that the footmarks definitely match Ralph's um, shoes. And Poirot says it is very careless to leave so much evidence behind. <laughs> Sorry, but isn't that everyone who listens to true crime podcasts like, and they found their fingerprints at the scene of the crime? Gellis. Fucking idiot! Gellis, so Gellis. He's more Gellis. like um, vibing like, no, we that stupid. It's a setup. It's mm. a setup. Mm-hmm. But that is also sort of thing. Like, it's like making a murderer, isn't it? Like mm. they, there was some like stupid evidence that wouldn't. Yeah. Be I'll be honest. I got bored half like into like three episodes in, like, nothing happened. So I'm tapping it. I'm tapping right up. Poirot also notices because they're now looking outside that there are women's footprints on the path outside the window as well. Telling you it's fauna! It's fauna! And the inspector's just like, yeah, loads of women live around here. Feet everywhere. There's feet everywhere. (laughs) And um, they're just like, and Poirot's like, again, a credit to your uh, craft. (laughs) Again, so 
Lad, you're here. <laughs> so Poirot leaves the detective and invites Shepard to come inspect the little garden house with him. Um, inside, he finds a scrap of starched white material. That's hard to say. Starched white material. Starched white material. And a starched quill. white material. And a quill. <laughs> does, it have, does the starched white material have anything written on it with the quill? It doesn't, but Poirot it pockets doesn't. them nonetheless. He pocketed it. He um, they continue on and um, there's like a kind of like a lower level in the garden and they're on a you take the high ground sorry is that fucking ra- not Randall Raglan Raglan yeah <laughs> and I'll take the low ground um, I'll take the high road and you take the low ground <laughs> so, sorry is this the song that the little Scotty dog sings in um uh, Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, and he's like, you I can't take remember, the high probably. road and I'll take the low road. From. And a bonny, bonny bone that I've buried for my own in the backyard. <laughs> On the bonny, bonny banks of me backyard. Oh, I love Jacques, he's the best. Oh, so Jacques is raglan and Excellent. I'm vibing raglan. <laughs> Sorry, he has to have the moustache. Yeah, of course. Um, so and they they see Flora's down on the lower level, but she kind of can't see oh, she's them. So not on our high she's level. So not on our level. Um, so they stop to watch her. Perfect. Fucking perfect. We must solve this mystery. There's a young girl down there. Ah, oh, let's stare her out. Um, there is literally something where he says, "Oh, I've missed. I haven't highlighted it." But where um, Poirot just basically goes like, "English girls are fit. Let's watch." <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, he's like, the air is pleasant today. Um, oh, th- this is it. Um, <laughs> England is very beautiful, said Poirot, his eyes straying over the prospect. Then he smiled. Oh. And so are English girls, oh. he said in a lower voice. Hush, my friend, and look at the pretty picture below us. No! Um, Sorry, imagine just going after a woman like, my uncle's dead. It's very sad. And why are you looking at me? Well, she is not Put your dick sad. away! It was then that I saw Flora. She was moving along the path we had just left, and she was humming a little snatch of a song. (laughs) And her step was more dancing than walking, and in spite of her black dress, there was nothing but joy in her whole whole attitude. Look, when you're going through grief, you've got to find your joys in the little things. Yeah. She gave a sudden pirouette on her toes, and her black drapery swung out, and at the same time she flung her head back and laughed outright. Well... Flora. Look, sometimes when you're grieving, you need a little moment. Just have a little moment yourself. And she's clearly expressing that by having a little dance. A little dance and a little giggle. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no one judging. I'm no. Judging. Fucking uh, hell. Sorry. Pause for me. But can you see the bloody tree out there? It's bloody going for it in the wind. I can't yes. see the same one as you. I can only see one further away. And it's being very stoic. Oh, for one goodness, window's going crazy. It's a windy well, night tonight, will, lads. Just listen to me. Oh, those poor loves at the open air theatre. Me and Katie went to see an outside play last night oh, and it's running for like the next two nights and oh it's a it's a stormy few nights for them now. But you know what lads, you just fucking smashed it. It, it was well fucking done. excellent. Was Guildford so School good. of Acting, Wind in the Willows musical, uh, you know what, round of fucking applause, you you done yourself proud lads. I hope you all get recruited for the West End. I hope you all get a first in your assessment. Oh yeah, you definitely deserve it lads. You definitely will. I know one of you will have a twatty teacher say, I think it was really a 2-2 performance. I tell you what lads. 
He's just embittened because he couldn't make it. Yeah, it's it. I was about to say it's two one. <laughs> it's a it's a first. It's a first it's from a me. First last. from me. It's um, a two one from me. Do that. <laughs> oh, you're great. You're great. Uh, then blunt. St- uh, then uh, blunt steps out and Flora shits. Yeah. Um, blunt How does oh, <laughs> um, Blunt doesn't really react. But he's no, a gentleman. I, I will just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> I'll just plug my nose because it's <laughs> And um, Laura, uh, Flora's like um. Oh, I always loved your cheery disposition. Lol joke, you're measurable. Because um, he's literally just a slug man. He's like, oh. Ha. Ha. <laughs> Have you seen the slugs this season? <laughs> it's wet. <laughs> like I like me. it. Damp. Um, but they kind of start flirting. Gross. And um, he's saying that he wished he was younger <gasps> and um, that, um, you know, he, he shouldn't stick around and he's no good at being in society. He should get back to killing things. And it's so like, disgusting. Yeah, you do sound like a right chore to be around, to be fair. Yeah. So, why don't you fuck off? Why don't you go on your merry, merry way, you mm. week? Yeah. Um, but Flora is like, don't go. And he asks if she wants him to stay. And she starts saying, we. And he cuts her off. And he's like, I meant you personally. No, and, you're um, fucking weird, mate. <laughs> now, sometimes when I'm annotating the book as I go along, I'm reading quite quickly. And I want to know what's going to happen next. So I only write very quick annotations. Yeah. And so at this point, I just wrote sex in capital letters. <laughs> Uh, sex <laughs> I meant you personally sex sex <laughs> and Flora's like I want you to stay if it makes any difference gross and Blunt says it makes all the difference in the world at least said it bluntly they verbing they verbing Poirot goes down like Flora yeah. he is a slug man <laughs> You can do better, you do for so you have personality. <laughs> we are friends you. You're all like more than twice my age, but we have still got penises. <laughs> do not forget the penis. Hey, I have care. <laughs> Leave me alone. We so, care. <laughs> Laura, why don't you come and sit on my knee? Yeah, I am but a little man. <laughs> Uh, but so, not down there that is why I am short they'll never believe it <laughs> like shut up man we're vibing we're um, so Flora then reveals that the reason why she's buzzing and um, oh sorry uh, she reveals that she is buzzing she's like I'm just really happy and she's like you must think I'm awful and Blunt is like no fair you only yeah. knew your uncle for two years and he wasn't a bit of a humbug um, so it must Blunt. be quite nice not having him around she might have only known him for two years but he'd been your mate for fucking decades yeah. so special so he's drink. so old mm. by comparison yeah. to her yeah he's old so gross um, so anyway Flora um, says that she's been chatting with the solicitor Mr Hammond and he's told her she's got £20,000 so she's vibing. buzzing and she says that's her freedom no more scheming no more scrimping no more lying and Blunt is like lying and Flora's like end did I say lying <laughs> did I say lying I, I meant flying Here's my suspicions. Mm. I think so. She was going to marry Ralph, mm. and I still don't know who killed old Ackroyd, but um, she was going to marry Ralph for the money, and so she was kind of scheming with him to potentially kill Ackroyd mm. to get the money. But she's actually been in love with Blunt the whole time, mm. and now she's like, Ah, oh, now I'm the money baller, mm. I can do whatever the fuck I want, and Ralph can actually go die. Unless she fuck off and die. And I'm gonna so get, and I've done such a good job of um, making it look like Ralph. I'm gonna get this um, famous detective in to verify it was Ralph, and Ralph's gonna go fucking suck a dick. Yeah, solid plan, Flora. Right, no, solid. And she survived. And she just survived. Um, we just joined the old man on the balcony, like, fair, revive. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's beautiful. Like, uh, not perfect, but... Uh, 
She's just a very clever individual. Yeah. I have to get what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> are you listening? Sorry. Right. <laughs> Who are you? So, um, yeah, Flora's just like, you know, and relatives give you something and you have to pretend to be great. And Blunt's just like, anyway, I have a stick and there's something shiny in the pond. I'm going to try and hook it out. And um, Best excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that every time I want to excuse myself from an awkward conversation. Anyway, there's my stick. <laughs> I hear there's something shiny in the pond. I'm going to go fish it up. <laughs> you fair enough. Yeah. So Blunt's like to Flora whilst he's doing this, you mustn't worry about Ralph. And she turns cold like, oh, Ralph? Ralph will be fine. I've got a marvellous detective on the case. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I've just kind of like reiterated what I was saying a minute ago. Yeah. But I think she's trying to frame Ralph. Yeah. Um, and at this po- point, um, Poirot springs up from where, from whence he was hiding and says, um, I demand pardon, he cried. I cannot allow Mademoiselle thus extravagantly to compliment me and not draw attention to my presence. They say the listener hears no good of himself, but that is not the case this time. To spare my blushes, I must join you and apologise. <laughs> <laughs> he hurried down the path with me close behind him and joined the others by the pond. Um, so Poirot asks Blunt about his last interactions with Roger and Blunt's like, I saw him at dinner and then later I went out to the terrace and I could hear Roger talking to who I originally supposed was Raymond, but um, obviously not. Obviously in like eavesdropping range. Poirot's like, um, why are you so close to the study? How could you hear this whole conversation? And Blunt's like, I thought I saw a woman in white run into the woods, but uh, I was mistaken by that too. Um, okay. More like, like your shiny thing in the lake when you're going to go poke the Yeah. <laughs> weird. And Poirot's like, and uh, the chair? Did you move it? And um, Blunt's like, uh, I, I don't know. I did not do that. And um, they asked Flora if she noticed that the dagger was missing when she was chatting about the table before dinner, um, when her and the doctor were looking at it. And she says she's already told Raglan that she's sure the knife was already gone. Uh, then they talk about the shiny thing in the pond, and Poirot puts his arm in to get it, but sort of like disturbs the mud and gets all dirty and they can't see it. Um, and I'm sure his moustache bristles when he gets dirty. Like, well, I am a miss. <laughs> I am a miss. I am a shame. So Blunt says it's nearly lunchtime and they should get back, and they invite Doctor and Poirot and the Poirot uh, to Poirot. join them. And they all head up with Poirot and the Doctor bringing up the rear. And the Doctor comments about how Poirot got all dirty for now. And Poirot. Sorry. Why is this the thing though when so many things like, oh no, I've got dirty, I will stop whatever I was doing, like, well, no, that could have been literally the answer to the case. Why don't you just embrace the mud that's already on you and just get it? Just get fucking in there, or wait, you see. My good friend, he said gently and reproachfully, Hercule Poirot does not run the risk of disarranging his costume without being sure of attaining his object. Good. To do so would be ridiculous and absurd. Yeah. And I am never ridiculous. <laughs> I am. But you brought your hand out empty, I objected. There are times when it is necessary to have discretion. Do you tell your patients everything but everything, doctor? I think not. Nor do you tell your excellent sister everything either. Is it not so? Oh, he's got your oh, number, oh, doctor. Oh, do we, do we got uh, you? No. Before showing my empty hand, I dropped what it contained into my other hand. You shall see what that was. He held out his left hand, palm open. On it lay a little circlet of gold, a woman's wedding ring. I took it from him. All right, grabby. All right, all right, be so grabby. Look inside, commanded Poirot. I did so. Inside was an inscription in fine writing. <laughs> Sorry, it's a wedding ring. Look inside. Oh, <laughs> I can just see you, Poirot. <laughs> I see my hand. 
My life line. It's short. <laughs> it's getting shorter. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Poirot? <laughs> I see your game. Um, I did so. Inside was an inscription in fine writing from R, March 13th. I looked at Poirot, but he was busy inspecting his appearance in a tiny pocket glass. I'm so dirty. <laughs> I'm so dirty, but luckily my moustache is lovely. <laughs> He's like a little cat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know how they did that in the Titanic trailer, but instead of Rose, it's a cat. Yes! It's excellent. I want that, but Poirot is a cat. Yes, brilliant. So, um, I looked at Poirot at his busy inspecting himself. Um, he paid particular attention to his moustaches. Yeah. And not at all to Talk me. Moustaches, plural. How many's a cat? I told you, that's, that's what they call it. Oh, I guess because yeah. they got the parting. And none at all to me. I saw that he did not intend to be communicative. Uh, that's the end of that chapter. So um, from R, so it could be from Roger or from Ralph. Mm. So if it's from Roger, it could be just the ring he was getting ready for Mrs. Farrar's. That's true. Because he's like, oh no, she's dead. I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I don't want it. Or when um, she told him uh, she was a murderer. Mm. And he was like, I don't want a murderer to be my wife. Fair enough. Or it could be Ralph to Flora's. And, and Flora's Flora, like, I'm free, I'm free. free. Or either of them could have had a mistress. Well, they are men. From uh, it's a woman's wedding ring. Miss Russell was going to marry Flora. <laughs> solved. 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 <laughs> Miss Russell in the corner, like she when everyone was watching Flora down below, she's in the window above, like she is a section. <laughs> yeah, like to be fair, what a vibe. What a vibe. Uh, what a vibe. What a vibe. My ring. Um, in the next uh, chapter, we are going to be learning about the parlour maid, Ursula Bourne. Oh, Ursula Bourne is not a vibe like, what's her name, Elsie Dane or something? I know, Elsie Dales or whatever it was. Elsie Dale. Yeah. Uh, Elsie Dale and Ursula Bourne. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, and which maid will attend me tonight? Elsie Dane's, oh, thank goodness. Mm. And which one should attend me tonight? Ursula Bourne. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Um, I work with someone called Ursula. Mm. And, uh, Sorry, when I, Ursula. <laughs> but when I read that, I was like, Ursula. Suspicious. <laughs> so um, I think that's all about all we've got time for today. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard of today, you can come and find us on all of the socials. Uh, mostly Instagram, that's what we mostly post on. And mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a funny video coming up. Well, we'll just, it will be out by the time you are listening to this. And mm-hmm. let's go check it out. It, it, um, it features some olives. <laughs> it does feature some olives and it's got nothing to do with uh, classical books. But it is funny. It is funny. It is funny. Um, yeah. yeah. Course, and uh, we shall see you next time to learn about Ursula Bourne. And if you really like what you've heard and, uh, you know, if you'd, if you'd like to buy us a coffee, because uh, let's face it, we're all introverts and that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you'd like to support the show, you can go over to Patreon and there's lots of really good goodies over there for you. Mm. There's a, there is a story about... Uh, Poo encounters. Just, oh, there is. Just full of the Patreon users, mm. and it's, it's you know what? I actually think there's like some extra episodes on there. I think ah, that Dickens one. There is a, there is extra stuff over there for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Something. Edwin Drood. Something about Edwin Drood. Edwin Drood. That's it. Yeah. That's over on there. Mm. So yeah, we've got lots of extra stuff over there on Patreon. There's some goodies for you depending on what tier you go for. So mm. yeah, go go check it out. No, check it out, laddish. And uh, yeah, we shall see you next week. Bye! For fuck's sake. Bye.